captain. We were on the road with the Rough Riders. Joe Womack was our strength coach, and he was rooming with Ron Este. I'm coming down the elevator with Joe Womack, and he is man, he is so mad. And I'm like, what's wrong, Joe? And he goes, you wouldn't believe what Este did. He's in his underwear, and he emptied the mini bar. Smarties and the Kit Kats, thinking it's free, thinking it was a gift basket. And Joe looks at me, it ain't fun. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Hour 2 of the RP Show. If you're just joining us, you've missed a lot. Don't mind my old man glasses here. I've just realized there's a lot of guys rolling around South Florida that are my age almost exactly wearing their glasses around their neck or tucked in their shirt. I'm like, well, if they can do it, I can do it. Uh, Bill Lindsay's cool. He can do it. Ed Jovanovsky's cool. He does it. Johnny O does it at my new gym. Moose is a ways away from having to do that. As a matter of fact, he's with us from Toronto. and <laughs> I'm a fan of the glasses even... strings. I'm a fan. Yeah. Oh, really? The Chris Jones? Yeah. The Chris well, okay. Jones. Okay. I will be fair. I have glasses, but I, I do have the glasses strings, but only for my sunglasses. I don't know if I'd put them on my reading glasses yet. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I didn't even think. Are yours even prescription? I feel like you wear those when you want to look smart or to accentuate your <laughs> outfit. There, there's but no lenses in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, uh, I, do you wear real. glasses to, to, broad, to, to broadcast football games? Do you wear glasses? You know what? Sometimes. But I've actually, and I've actually, you and I have never talked about this. And maybe this is a conversation on the air. I've really um, started learning how to broadcast a game with the binoculars. And I find that I can't, um, I can't wear glasses in the binoculars. So I just use the binoculars and I end up not wearing the glasses, but in a hockey game, I would absolutely wear glasses. Yeah. People love the stories. They love the realism and they're getting a lot of it today. But in 1999, when I started calling, uh, Rough Riders games, I got a tip, not from Dale Isaac directly, but through somebody from Dale Isaac. Dale said, Rod's doing a great job calling the games, but it doesn't sound like he has a spotter. I was getting the players wrong all the time. I wasn't, I didn't know how to call football. <laughs> it was a hockey right. game. Uh, so I got binoculars and immediately that criticism went away. Makes a really big difference calling football. Uh, that's the one story. There could be more. Uh, two, the brouhaha, whatever you want to call it, the melee that went on in Ottawa last night. Some saying it's a big deal, others saying it's not that big a deal. Whatever, I went to bed and I missed it all. And what I've realized, if you were watching the Matthew Barnaby hour, uh, hour last hour, the interview with Matthew Barnaby, uh, was that Darren, and trust me, we're going to get to your comments, everybody, as, a, as promised. It's, this is on me that I went to bed. It was 3 nothing Florida after 2. The game was bad. And I should have known the Kachucks are playing. The game's out of reach. Something stupid's going to happen. And I never stopped to think about it. And I woke up today and my phone was just blowing up. But people that don't normally pay attention, Chris from the Bronx, you knew Thad would be watching the game. Everybody's talking about it in South Florida, what a circus it was. And the Kachucks put on a show. And referee, have you ever seen a referee ever say, Everybody on the ice is getting 10-minute misconducts. I've never seen it. I've been only never. watching hockey for almost 50 years. So that's why we love sports. You do never know what's going to happen, and that includes the Monday nighter who had Chicago beating Minnesota 12-10. So I, I'm, 
trying to limit my sports watching to one game a night, one game a day. And I know a lot of people will think that's crazy, but it's just, it's just too much. And to be honest, I've never been happier in life. So, by the way, we live in the best time of technology, by the way. Just so you know, here's today's life lesson. We've never had more creature comforts. I can go get a pair of glasses from the freaking grocery store. I got these at Cabela's or Bass Pro Shop. You just have to go into the eye, pay for an eye exam. You just go pay 40 bucks and get a pair of glasses you can read again. It's the easiest, it's the best time to be alive. And yet people have never been more neurotic nor screwed up than this time in the history of the world. Mull on that for a second. Terry in Calgary writes in and he says, have I, Terry the lawyer, he says, have I missed a discussion on the Corey Perry mess? No, you haven't missed anything because we're not talking about it. And I would encourage anybody, and a lot of our viewers, it looks like they are taking me up on this opportunity, and that is to go read my weekend column because the numbers are way up at rodpeterson.com, 10 things, 10 weekend things. One of the things that I had in my 10 things this weekend was the Corey Perry thing. The family has asked for privacy. The Chicago Blackhawks largely have two. Why can we not respect the man's privacy? Are we not at a time in society where that don't matter? He's asked for privacy. Can we not give it to him? And as far as what's going around on the, the Corey Perry thing, which five people forwarded to me yesterday, I'm not even dignifying it with a response and shame on you for asking. Not even going there. Dumb. D-U-M-B. Okay. Uh, that's my take to open coming in guns a blazing hour too. What are your thoughts before I, before I move on? No, I completely agree with you. Um, it is dumb. And you know, when he wants to tell you what's going on, he'll tell you what's going on. If he ever does. Well, furthermore, that's in my column, whether he wants to say or not, it will eventually come out because it always comes out. That Tom Brady thing. It's just, it's a people problem, man. I'm not saying it's Terry the lawyer, but everybody else, smarten up. Tom Brady, people just could not respect his privacy, why he left Buccaneers training camp for what was it, 12 days in 2022? And all the rumors, oh, he's, he's he's on the mask singer. He's doing this, he's doing, no, he's fighting with his wife and he's about to get a divorce. Are you happy now? Because it came out weeks later, sit tight. Think about something else. Respect the man's right to privacy and request for privacy. End of story. So if you want to know, did you miss anything about the Corey Perry mess? No, because I'm not talking about it anymore. He's asked for privacy and he's going to get it from this show. But I know Terry, the lawyer, is a huge Canadian Football League fan. And in a way, I vowed in this offseason to not be the CFL show and do their marketing for them. On the flip side, we spend all of our one on hockey and a large portion of our audience is CFL fans. It's a Canadian show on Canadian sports. There's no reason why we can't be Canada's PTI. I had coffee this morning with a guy, Greg, I told you from Delray Beach, but he's originally from Toronto. He's the guy who coached basketball with Jeffrey Orridge. How about that? The former commissioner of the CFL. And uh, he said there are a lot of Canadians 
in America that would that, that do love your show and the topics that you talked about, even though they're Canadian. And that includes the CFL. So what did I have here? Ah. You can go to the 10 things column, you get a lot more well thought out, not off the cuff opinions and thoughts of mine. Here, I'm just going on the fly, brother. <laughs> thinking, as is Darren, every day, thinking on our feet. It's cool. Yeah. So, the insiders, TSN's Farhan Lalji and Three Down Nation's Justin Dunk, both reporting, they're in a race to report that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders coaching search has now come down to two guys. Winnipeg Blue Bombers offensive coordinator Buck Pierce, Toronto Argonauts defensive coordinator Corey Mace. These two guys. I don't really agree with any of how this has all been conducted by the Rough Riders, but whatever. Isn't it interesting that Saskatchewan scoops are coming from Toronto, Farhan, sorry, Vancouver, Farhan, and Hamilton, Dunk. Nobody in Sask reporting on this. I'll move on. Although I did bring it up in the column on Sunday, these two names. I think it's a mistake. I think you need to have coached or played there because it's a special place. It's going to take them a while to figure that out, let alone coach the team in a critical time. That's 12 and 24 the last two years. Coach start played there. And B, what about the narrative they wanted a coach that had been a head coach before? Neither of these guys have. So I said I hope they hire the good one. And maybe the guy will end up being the next... Don Matthews. I don't know. But I feel like it's a major gamble. Either one. You? I think so. Um, now, the more we, you know, hear about these guys, um, one thing to remember is it's less of a gamble for me because of how well-respected they both are. And for Buck, he's been in that, you know, Winnipeg Blue Bombers organization through all these good times and some bad ones, I think at the beginning, but he's been there roughly a decade, I think, right? Buck's been in, in, uh, in Winnipeg working through the ranks, you know, as a position coach and now the offensive coordinator and working with Mike O'Shea. So he's learned a lot of how to do things the right way. Corey Mace, you know, from Calgary and now time in, in Toronto, again, learning how to do things the right way. But that doesn't always mean it's going to be a great move. I mean, we just look at the Bill Belichick disciples that never went on to do anything great. So we can look back at your past and say you've come from great organizations. But I think both of these guys are really well respected. So I think that helps. But you're right. They haven't had the head coaching experience. So it'll be interesting, whichever one's hired, who they surround themselves with in terms of coordinators and staff. Yeah, and, and by the way, I have absolutely no problem talking about it because they are the, as Bob Marier referred to them, the Dallas Cowboys of the Canadian Football League. Highest profile pro football team in Canada. They're the only team looking for a head coach right now. So yeah, I'll talk about it. It's what everybody that loves that league and that team is talking about. My phone's blowing up with information on it, but as you notice, I'm not reporting it anymore because I did get a bad scoop on it a couple of weeks ago and I said, I'm out, this is dumb. It's dumb, you guys need to go learn to crochet or something. It's too, it's too stupid, the rumors that are going around. But it's come down to these two guys. Now, having said that, when I said you need to have played or coached there, that's just for this hire. Not everybody there has. Uh, and, I, and, and where I could say that I'm wrong on that is Corey Chamberlain came in 2012. He'd never played for the Riders. He was 37 years of age. I was the voice of the team at the time. Nobody criticized that hire. 
I mean, nobody. Nobody criticized his age, said he wasn't ready, nothing. And by the way, he did a great job. Did he eventually go cuckoo and lose his mind? Yes, and he would tell you that. But he accomplished what they asked him to do, and that's win a great cup in 2013. Corey Chamberlain, I love him. He'd never played or coached for the Riders before. I don't think he'd ever been in Saskatchewan other than to coach against the Riders. And then Greg Marshall had coached with the Rough Riders in the 90s on a staff that I was with. And he was hired in 2011, and it didn't work. And he'd been there before. Apples and oranges, different situation. I'm saying for this hire, given that some of these candidates do have this on their resume, Paul Lapolis coached in Sask, Henry Burris played there, it would help. It's just my opinion. And that's why people are watching right now. John Ohm. Ohm. Not to be confused with Johnny O, the new gym that I belong to and <laughs> Shereen is coaching at. That's good. He says, Rod, when you started with the Riders, was Cal Murphy the coach or Danny Barrett? Well, as I said, it was 1999. You look it up. It's Cal Murphy. And by the way, you need to understand something. Save for one season broadcasting Regina Rams football, I had never been around football people before in my life. Never, ever. Dad worked in the National Hockey League for 26 years. I played hockey. My brothers played hockey. We're a hockey family. I'd never been around these football people. I'm not saying they're nuts, but they could not be any more different than hockey people. Oh, my God. Yay! I'm trying to remember how this went. This is in my rider presentation that I give at sports banquets that hire me to come in and give a rider presentation. I'm trying to remember how this worked. Cal Murphy threw a, a chair at me in 1999. Did you know this story? What? No, no, no. What happened? No. We, this was old school, 1999. Uh, we used to, you know, the riders would practice two hours a day, full pads. Training camp was two Two-hour sessions every day, banging heads. Old school. And uh, we were awful, by the way. We were 3-15 and 15 that year. But we went to Toronto and had a full two-hour practice the day before walkthrough. And some of the players were complaining to me about it. And let me remind you, I was 26 years of age. I didn't know shoot from Shinola. I didn't know anything. Still hardly do. Many would agree. So my players friends were complaining to me that night when we were out getting pissed drunk in downtown Toronto. Why would the coach make us bang heads for two hours the day before a game? Dumb. Chug a lug. So of course I'm on the air next day. We're getting our ass handed to us by the Argos. And uh, I'm like, well, maybe, <laughs> maybe this has something to do with the two hour practice the guys had yesterday. We get back to Regina, I get called into a meeting like I always do. And it's Cal Murphy. And he goes, who told you that? I said, who told me what? Who was bitching about our two-hour practice the day before? I said, I'm not telling you that. Rashevich and who? I said, I'm not telling you that. Thump, chair, thump, over my head. What? And then he runs out of the room. And Al Ford, our general manager, goes, don't worry about him. His bark's worse than his bite. So now you know a little bit more about my life. I'm not going to tell you who told me. So next, chair thrown at me. Nope. <laughs> what chapter <laughs> of the funny. book is that? John, 
Johnny O um, says, I want to hear a Cal Murphy story, please. That's just one of many. Allie in Texarkana says, I agree with that. Football people aren't as friendly, LOL. I, hey, I didn't say they weren't friendly. Said they might be nuts. There's a difference. Mm -hmm. These football people down here, you have to understand something. Some of my closest friends, football guys, what I say, Chris Carter, DeBuck down at Cardinal Gibbons, Joey from Cafe Seville, Andrew Nowacki, they're friendly, but they're touched in the head. And that's coming from a guy that's touched on the head in another way. Mm. Hockey guys all look the same, dress the same, act the same, largely from the same. If they're all the same, they all look like me. You know? Um, so <laughs> yeah. that's just the way that it is. Not even saying one's better or worse than the other. From the Puck and Pigskin podcast, Jason says, Rod, you could do a whole other show with just stories. Maybe I should do more stories than what we do do. Anyways, we'll be right back. We do have a lot to get to today, believe it or not. And Stephen Ellis is coming up from the Daily Faceoff. We're live on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. Beautiful day in South Florida. They all are. RP Show continues with episode number 1130. Checking the Twitter feed. Thank you, Michael Windog in Winnipeg from Ice Time Sports, the sports sporting goods store that he owns and runs. He says, Coach Cal was a wild one. Great story, Rod. Thank you, Windog. Appreciate you. And can we bring the moose back in? That's the one that we sit and talk stories forever if you want. It's really interesting. Um, this morning, when, yay, when Johnny O was telling me the story, not John Ohm, Johnny O, the gym that I now belong to here, and I think he's going to start sponsoring the Cats and Bolts podcast. He talked about growing up a Bruins fan. And Darren, you'll get this. He was talking about, he goes, we were a loaded team back then, the Bruins. I said, oh, yeah, Espo. Middleton, Cashman, or obviously um, O'Reilly, Wensing, Stan Jonathan. And he looked at me like I was, had three heads, which I get that look a lot. He's like, how do you know so much about the Bruins? I said, I was a Don Cherry fan. So I read all his books, watched all his videos. You know, Don Cherry made us feel like the Boston Bruins were our team. You've often, you've often said that about Graves. I mean, I don't know. Could Graves do a two-hour show a day telling stories? Maybe. But that's why we kind of morphed it into daytime sports talk of the topics of the day because it would be pretty hard to sit and tell stories every day for two hours. But you're a big, you're a big Graves fan too, right? Or did I misspeak? No, no. Big fan. Always, always has been a fan of him on the air. And... I'm with you. The fact that we can morph the two is good. Um, you want to stay in a spot where everybody is saying, we want more stories. We want more stories. So give them enough to keep them coming back. And, and we can tell more stories. I think the stories are fun, especially 
um, in the next number of weeks as we kind of get into the holidays. That's about having a coffee or a sober carpenter and telling stories, right? And getting around the tree and stuff. So we can do that during the holidays and mix in what's topical too. Yeah, and I do want to talk about what's topical today and right away I will, but that's the one thing I realized. That if, if, if anybody's been paying attention, over the last month, four to six weeks, we've really doubled down on the Canadian NHL team, CFL, and whatever NFL we need because Canadians are watching it. But I'm not trying to placate my friends in Florida and stuff. For those that say, when you start talking CFL, you lose me. When you talk junior hockey, you lose me. When you talk NLL, I get bored. I'm like, well, that's me. If you, that's who I am. So if you don't like it, don't watch. But that's what's in my DNA. Those are my stories. Those are my friends. Those are my contacts. So then we go and started the Panthers and Lightning show, and that's worked out great too. So it's been perfect. 902, it took me two years to figure it out, but it takes me a while. 902-518-3033. Just a quick check. The NHL has fined Senators forward Zach McEwen for unsportsmanlike conduct for his role in the Senators 5-3, sorry, 5 nothing loss to Florida last night. They fined him $2,018.23. The maximum allowable for that infraction under the CBA. It occurred at 5-13 of the third when... Uh, I laugh because we, this used to be... Thursday. You know what I mean? Now it's a news release and a fine. So he chased Kachuk across the ice and took a whack at him. Really refining him? And from the Pro Football Hall of Fame, three-time All-Pros, Julius Peppers and Antonio Gates were chosen as semifinalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame's class of 24. 24 in their first year of eligibility. I'll tell you more about it a little later on. But what I wanted your take, I, I didn't forget that the television station, Cable Care Channel, that is anchoring our show, is in Toronto. Shout out Jeremy Davis and the dogs in the control room. The Leafs are home to the Panthers tonight. That's your team versus my team. And how do you feel about the fact that Brad Tree, Brad Tree Living had to have a news conference yesterday, from what I can gather, because I didn't watch it, to basically explain why they're not in first place? Barney and I agree it's idiotic that he should have to do that. Or, was, or are you like the, the new, rabid media and fans? Yeah, go ahead. Well, it was a news, news conference to kind of, you know, I don't know, calm everybody down. What are you guys doing? How come you're not making any moves? Why aren't you doing this? Um, and I mean, you you kind of um, address the, the the Klingberg situation and his injury, what you're trying to do on the back end. Um, but yeah, it was largely just a media availability to have a media availability. Now, on the one hand, I love that a team will trot out the general manager just because. And I hope it wasn't, you know, in reaction to the team not playing well or not being in first place, or media pressure. I hope it's something that they just say, look, at, we should do this on a regular basis and make our guy available to the media and you know, have some transparency if there's things that they want to ask. But I fear it was a little more of the, of the uh, prior, where 
it was a little more in reaction to the team struggling and questions kind of bubbling around about what are they going to do and why aren't they making any moves? Well, that's the point of us versus the other shows. That's what makes us different. I mean, and, and to be honest, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a big old stinky truth bomb here. When I got people telling me all they talk about on TSN overdrives though is the Leafs. It's nauseating. I'm like, why do you keep listening then? And, and those are my friends, especially O-Dog. I have a personal relationship with Jeff O'Neill. I love him. But if you don't want to hear him talking about the Leafs, what do you keep listening every day for? Calgary, where I spend all that time. Hockey people blowing up my phone. These guys on Fan 960 have no idea what they're talking about. Or flame staff leaving the rink. Next day calling me. These guys at the postgame show have no clue what went on in that game or in our dressing room. I'm like, please stop complaining to me. You know, it's been a few years, Darren. I, I, I'm kind of at the point now I don't answer the calls anymore. You keep listening. Yeah. And that's fine. But don't call me to complain. Please. Point being, the elevator, the up and down. The Leafs win two, three in a row. It'll, it'll literally be, they'll be making playoff plans. And no team is, uh, to be honest with you, <laughs> you might laugh when I say this, but I feel like Oiler fans are like the most reasonable in the country. I'm not joking. When they suck, they know it. They weren't calling for Woodcroft to be fired. They weren't. I live with one of the Oilers fans. She wasn't calling for them to be fired other than to say they got to do something. That was, Hall that was Holland's or whoever's decision. It wasn't the fans. Toronto, unhinged. Montreal, hey, they're nuts. But at least they're one way. And we know several yeah. of them. Like, literally, when Montreal sucks, what do you... Montreal sucked for two solid years. You don't hear any bitching out of there. Other than Bob Marier, Chris Nyland, our friends going, when we come back, we'll kick your ass. You know yeah. what I mean? But they're not sitting there crying for any... Like they're behind their team no matter what. Vancouver is, like, they're emotionally damaged. That's... that's I'm not qualified to talk about what Vancouver Canucks fans... Ottawa, permanent state of depression. That ain't changing. Did, did, agree or disagree with this, with what I've just said? I, I, the Calgary fans good. are just... They're, they're going nuts now. They're going nuts. They've won a few games, and now they're great. And it turns me off, man. Yeah. Uh, you're really bang on about Vancouver. I mean, with all the training that you have, behavioral therapy training, and, you know, all the certificates that are stacked up on your desk, you still don't have enough qualifications to talk to the Vancouver Canuck fans because they are. They're on another planet. Um, and I love them, too. And I, and I like the Canucks. They're my second team. You know that. We've talked about that on this show. Um, I would say Montreal is probably the one fan base I never hear anything from. And, not, and it's because they're always supporting no. their team. They're, they're rabid. But and sure they don't like when things aren't going well, but but they're never flip flop. They never ever ever flip flop out of Montreal. Never. So I'll I'll be with you. On I that respect one. that. Edmonton's interesting. Yeah, Edmonton's interesting too. Oh, dude, and Winnipeg's on their own island. That they're negative, even when they're winning. Rick Bonus was coming back, and people were saying, "Oh, get ready for the losing streak." 
I'm like, we get away from get away from me. They're not even losing, and you're being negative. JSA Sports. Is that you, Arnie? JSA Sports watching on YouTube says, right on with the TSN analogy. Stephen from uh, Stephen Ellis, our next guest, joining us from the Daily Faceoff. He says, tree living is being made available more often than Dubas this year. More open communication. Yeah, in year one. How many years? Uh, talk to me after year five. And let's see if tree is as open with the media. That's, again, I was saying to my guy, Greg, this morning, we had coffee. He's from Toronto, lives here now. Um, I said, I, I can't speak for Toronto people, and I won't, because I've never lived there. Not a day in my life have I lived there. I've stayed there, road trips and so forth. Had a lot of fun. Never examined the mentality. I can't get in their heads. They have their own mentality there in Toronto, so I, I wouldn't, I don't know what their deal is, other than they're irrational when it comes to their team, too. Um, anything else you got? That's pretty good. Um, you know, I know we haven't talked, and I know you'll talk, you know, more about the games tonight. We haven't talked much about it, but that game here is going to be really yeah. good. We haven't put a bet on it. I don't know if we should. And that Oiler game is going to be really good tonight, too. Uh, which other game? And the Oilers played in Florida, Florida. Oh, the Oilers, Florida, Vegas. Toronto, yeah. and then the Oilers game. Oh, is that a doubleheader in your country, in the Great White North? It will be. Well, seven, seven and nine, right? So I, it won't be quite. They'll overlap a little bit. Um, that Anaheim-Vancouver game, the light game, will be the back half of the doubleheader. Well, I'll tell you, every night's been good uh, as far as I, any night there's hockey. It's great. I don't really oh. understand. <laughs> this is a topic for another time. Maybe a therapist couch. This is what I don't get. <laughs> and it's fun learning everything. People talk about, I was met with my advisor last week. He's like, huge balls by you to pack a bag and go to Florida and start over. Huge balls. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Hasn't totally been easy, but it's been a hell of a lot of fun. But I'm sitting here looking at the uh, Thanksgiving schedule. NFL only. No NHL, no NBA that day, which you would all understand. We don't want to compete with the NFL on Thanksgiving. Sure. But on the opening day of the NBA season, the NHL had 14 games. It was like they took it right between the eyeballs of the NBA. Oh, yeah? Your opening night? Watch this. That was the NHL Frozen Frenzy Day. Yes. <laughs> so, it was. yeah, so clearly you're not afraid of the NBA. But you're very afraid of the NFL. I need to find out why. Maybe they, maybe they feel their fan bases are just so totally different. I don't know. Anyways, Stephen Ellis coming in next. Moose, hope you had fun today. I know I did. Tons of fun. Enjoy. Good. Uh, Stephen Ellis, as promised, in next from the Daily Faceoff. We are live on the Game Plus TV network, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live.
It's a 10-game NHL slate on this Tuesday in the National Hockey League. And I'll be honest, a lot of Leaf fans out there, a lot of Panthers fans around here. They collide tonight. Florida at Toronto, Scotiabank Arena. Stephen Ellis covers the Leafs and everything hockey at Daily Faceoff. And uh, I would not be wrong, would I, Stephen, in saying that you are a Leafs fan? That would not be wrong nor offend you. Would I be right in that? I never was a Leafs fan. I grew up a Canadiens fan, but uh, I will be at the game tonight, though. I just got back from morning skate about 20 minutes ago. Oh, well, I'm sorry I got it wrong. Blasphemous. Uh, so fair enough. Probably makes it a lot easier for you to cover the Toronto Maple Leafs. So every day is a new day. Are we talking about the Tree Living News Conference yesterday, or have we moved on to what was said at the morning skate in advance of the big match tonight? I being at the morning skate today, I was not at the thing yesterday, which I moved on from that pretty quickly. Uh, the morning skate had the <laughs> most generic uh, answers I've ever heard, but that's okay. You know, the players were just like, you know, John Tavares said that this is just another game. Younger guys, Matthew Nice, Jake McCabe, they're saying, you know, we get fired up for a matchup like this when we know what happened last spring. We don't want that to happen again. Because if you look at the last time these two teams played against each other earlier this year, the Panthers won that too. So it's been a while. Uh, yeah, I was at that game here. Uh, they won it handily. What's changed with the Leafs since? <laughs> I don't feel like anything. <laughs> it's, you know, you look team, the defense has been a bit of a disaster. You never know what the, the deals of the goaltending on a night-to-night basis, but uh, it's, it's a team that could still outscore you and, and will find ways to get creative on the score sheet, you know. They've played a bunch of overtime games. They've played a lot of one-goal games. It's not like they're the last couple of losses have been these crushing defeats, but uh, the f- goaltending's just been a concern for them. You know, whether it be Samson off, whether it be Wool, it's just not been where it needs to be for a contending team. I know you know the game, and I know you know it well. Are the goalies just not good enough, or are they not playing a good enough defensive team game? And we see enough teams that are. Like, listen, Tampa Bay was winning games without Vasilevsky. Nobody talked about it because nobody follows Tampa Bay. Largely, you got the Oilers, far better goalies than probably the Leafs and Lightning, frankly. At least one of them, Jack Campbell's got the resume for it. They can't win, fire the coach. So whose fault is it that the Leafs goaltending hasn't been what they'd like it to be? A lot of it goes down to defense. Uh, You know, when you look at that group, uh, Timothy Lilgren's dealt with injuries, John Klingberg's hurt right now, um, and probably won't be coming back. That's kind of a blessing in disguise given the way he was playing i think everyone kind of expected him to not be the defenseman he once was but i don't think anyone expected him to be basically just this broken player that was just physically not able to compete anymore um but you know then you get these games where it's a close game and samsonoff will just miss an easy glove save or just they'll go between his legs and he's been a big problem for this team where they need him to be their number one guy Right now, one of the best goalies in the AHL is Dennis Hildeby, and he's a Leafs prospect, but he's still a few years away. But they got to determine who that guy is going to be long term, number one. I'm almost leaning towards Joe Wool right now. Um, you know, a big goalie, smart goalie, had to fight off a lot of injuries to get to where he is, and he's playing really well. But just, you know, they need these timely saves. They're just not getting Kelly Rudy, God love him, went out of his way to point out mistakes by Mitch Marner on Hockey Net in Canada the other night and his bad body language that went with it. And um, Matthew Barnaby here on this show an hour ago said that 
he needs to go. Marner needs to go. Are you in that camp? You, you look at what Marner was able to do last year when he was playing a full full bore. He was the best player on the Leafs. Uh, it seems to be that he is a streaky bit player. But, you know, I don't think anyone's talking about him leaving if he's not on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think it's just you look at the market and you look at all the attention he gets. But he's still one of the more valuable players. He's still very good defensively. Yeah, he's not, you know, scoring at the rate he was last year. He's not doing that. But he's still doing really well in the takeaway front. He's one of the more reliable forwards in the defensive zone. You need a guy like that, so uh, you, you don't get a good replacement for him. Trading any of those core players, I know that's been a hot topic the last couple of years, you're not getting a good enough return to make it make sense. Paul Jefferson's watching in Humboldt, and he says, Fraser Minton was traded to the, Sas traded to the Saskatoon Blades. Were the Leafs involved in that, do you think? Uh, yeah, so the, when it comes to that, this, the, the NHL teams do get a bit involved. They want their players obviously trying to have a chance to compete with the um, for the Memorial Cup. Uh, and they gave him a chance to play on a, a better team. He gets to play with Brandon Lisowski, uh, who's also another Leafs prospect. And uh, we're going to probably see Fraser Minton playing a big part of Canada's World Junior team. Uh, so I think the one about the trade of when it happened is he just kind of started getting comfortable in the WHL. And then you look at... Um, yeah, he gets traded after only a few games, and now he's probably going to be heading here to Oakville shortly for the uh, the the World Junior Camp. So he's going to be a busy guy. But um, I, I think that this is a good a good look for him. I just wrote about it. I think this is a good opportunity for him to maybe have, play some of the best hockey of his junior career. Well, things change. I was in the Western Hockey League seventeen seasons as the radio voice, but three or four more on television. I don't ever ever remember an nhl team being involved in a trade and i rode the bus i was there i roomed with the general manager for years so things change clark did prep me up and say to ask you about the world juniors at oakville so forth they're heading across the pond for it. what's canada's team going to look like this is a good team um probably not the favorites i'm thinking the americans are the team to watch where Cole Eiserman is the, you know, a top three prospect for this year's draft, and he's probably not going to have a team. That's just how good that U.S. team is. But Canada, likely no Shane Wright, obviously no Bedard, likely no Korchinski, no Matthew Poitras, but they're still going to have uh, one of the best goalies in the CHL and Mathis Rousseau. They've got some really good young defensemen. Uh, they just deep kind of throughout the field uh, there. Uh, Justin Luno being the big kind of draw, the Anaheim Ducks prospect. And then you look up front and Macklin Celebrini, the top prospect for 2024, uh, dominating the NCAA, NCAA right now. He's going to be a huge part of this group. Uh, obviously, Fraser Minton talked about him. Uh, Owen Beck, Montreal Canadiens prospect. Uh, Matthew Savoy, you know, you guys obviously get to see him a lot in the WHL. You know what he's capable of. I think Zach Benson will be loaned out. We'll see. My guess is they're just going to, Instead of, you know, he's been start-stop this year, instead of sending him back to the WHL, I think they're going to wait till World Junior Camp and then send him to that head. But uh, Canada should compete for a medal. I don't think they're going to be the gold medal favorite. But if they get the goaltending that we've seen out of guys like Devin Levi or, or Joel Hofer in the past, like, you just never know. So I, I do expect a medal, but this feels like it's going to be USA's year. You've been watching the uh, World Juniors forever? Connor Bedard leading NHL rookie points with 17 in, I think it's 18 games. Who is his uh, 
biggest competition for the Calder? If he doesn't win it, who will it be? And Pavel, um, how do you say it? The, the Ducks kid, Mintikov? He's mentioned, yep. So, you see him being a finalist? He, I mean, I, right now, I, I don't know if I'd put him there yet. Like, he's obviously having an incredible season. Uh, it's tough for a defenseman to get to that point. I guess the one guy I'm looking at here is Logan Cooley. I'm trying to bring up his numbers here, but he's been, uh, you know, in Arizona, he's been so valuable. He's second in scoring. He's at 13 points, but he does a lot more than just produce for this team. He's a very good two-way player. Uh, so smart, so skilled. I think he'll be up there for sure. Uh, but Mitchkoff, the what, what he's been doing with Anaheim, I expected him to take a year and, and maybe play a bit of AHL hockey to kind of get used to it. Because he was outstanding in the OHL last year, but that was still a big step up. But he's been one of the most valuable players on this team. So we'll see. Uh, you know, I, I know we were kind of just crapping on Joe Wool a little bit, but his numbers are still good enough to the point where he's got to be kept in the conversation. Uh, you know, the first month of the season, it was looking like really Greg and Lucas Dostal were the two guys that everyone was talking about as the best contenders. And Greg's been hurt and Dostal's kind of fallen off a cliff, but. I don't think it matters who the finalists are. It's Connor Bedard's trophy. Just give it to him now. Stephen, I uh, I just looked. I don't have your cell number, so I'm gonna DM you my. I'm gonna DM you my DM, my cell number. Sorry, I see we have DM'd each other back and forth. I just sent you a picture of you and me at the Rogers Place in Edmonton. Remember that? That's when I real. That's when I realized you were a great guy because you showed up in a sweat. In the coldest rink in North America because you were afraid you're going to be late and you made it. I'm like, this kid cares. So anyways, I'm going to send you my cell number. If you wouldn't mind texting me a photo or two tonight from the game would be great. And uh, I appreciate the time. Enjoy it. Perfect. Thanks so much. Thank you, Stephen. Stephen Ellis from the Daily Faceoff. Covers the National Hockey League World Juniors, as you can tell. Prospects. He's one of the best out there. We'll be right back with overtime. I got it. Questions and comments loaded up and ready to go, but there is room for yours, 902-518-3033 or the YouTube chat. We'll be back in a moment on Game Plus Television, WQEE Radio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube Live. everybody overtime is at hand and it's brought to you by our friends at overtime hockey lanes in calgary yes a shooting lane it's like a driving range but for hockey they are located at 28th street northeast in calgary where skill and fun collide an amusement park for hockey enthusiasts check them out and tell them rod sent you they'll give you a good seat in the bathroom 902-518-3033 the number yeah buddy Number to text us here, 902-518-3033. Sober Carpenter text line. This one's getting a little warm. It's been sitting in the sun for the last two hours. Eh, it's cooling. I was going to crack it, but... It is the Raspberry Sour. This was shipped to me by Sober Carpenter. What the heck? I'll down it. Ah, maybe have it with a little... Uh, ah. It's non-alcoholic beer, everybody, just so you know. 
Norm Fong, the Hall of Fame equipment manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, former equipment manager of the Los Angeles Sharks, texting a hockey team. Fongo writes in and says, Rod, you are so right when you compare football people and hockey people. It's like comparing apples and oranges. Both great people, but very different views. That's from Fongo. And it's not even a Canadian-American thing. I've spent decades thinking about this. It's not hockey players are from Canada, Ameri football players are from USA. Nope, because the Canadian football people are just like the American football people. Agree or disagree, Fongo? It's not like I haven't traveled millions of miles and stayed with both to have these observations. Bill in Toronto writes, uh, sorry, he's a Toronto Leafs fan, but he lives in Regina. Bill writes in, he says, LOL, I just tuned in to hear the chair-throwing story from Cal Murphy. Yes, you should tell more during the weeks ahead. The thing is, I need you to prop me up. Like, I feel like the guy that comes in to give a speech, he'd rather do, we'd rather do a Q&A when we're coming in as the guest speaker. Then I know what you want. Just tee me up and I could talk for hours, but to sit here and talk about what I want to talk about might miss the mark, even though it is the Rod Peterson show. The view for sports fans, which speaking of, I'll get to the sports update in a moment. Jerry in Saskatoon writes in and, uh, regarding Darren calling football games. Canada West football games. He says, tell him to wear his glasses so he can call the right tackler. Ha ha. How about that? Is Moose listening? Apparently he's been misidentifying the tacklers. It happens. That's another thing I don't miss. Calling the play-by-play. -play. I just, for, it just dawned on me. I hated that. You make a mistake, everybody's up your ass. On this show, as my good friend Mydale Mike said, nobody can tell you what to do because nobody's done it before. Bingo. Bingo. Got any sound effects back there, Clark? There you go. You can't tell me what to do. Because nobody's uncle. done it before. John Gloa writes in, what are we, why are you guys talking about hot dogs? Did I miss something? Oh, John says, hey, Rod, I'm on my way to Costco. Need anything? Yeah, some coffee pods, please. The single Keurigs, please and thank you. Thanks, Johnny boy. There's not much else there I want. Uh, this is the breaking news of the day. I got to go to the top of the page. Bear with me. Has to do with Patrick Kane. He is signing with the Detroit Red Wings, according to a source telling the Associated Press. The 35-year-old Kane was an unrestricted free agent rehabbing from hip resurfacing surgery in June. He has been skating since August and told the Associated Press in September that he's starting to feel like his old self. Three-time Stanley Cup champion with Chicago. Had other suitors. He chose Detroit over the Sabres, Maple Leafs, and Panthers. Ending the show where we started this, that was the buzz in the press box here on Sunrise the other night. Last week, Kane's coming. This is from people that I trust. They were wrong. <laughs> He's going to Detroit. And Matthew Barnaby gave us great analysis last hour saying it's more than I thought he'd get. Right? 2.75 million. I thought he'd get, go for one. 
Barney says the Red Wings aren't even a Stanley Cup contender. And to be honest, who really is? They're third in the in the division right now, the Atlantic Division, the Detroit Red Wings. Last minute of play in the RP show today. Who is a Stanley Cup contender? I would like to think Florida is. It sounds like he went for the most money. That's what it just looks like, which surprises me a little bit. He's got, but he's got his Stanley Cups. He's got three. I understand the more you win, the more you want. I get it. It's like when we were divvying up after my dad passed away in his two Stanley Cup rings, divvying it up amongst my brothers. My mom was like, well, Roddy has two gray cup rings, so he doesn't need any. I'm like, no, oh, mom, it doesn't work that way, but whatever. I'm not interested in them. I didn't win them, so I don't want them. Oh, Wayne in BC says, great show as always. Have a great day, Rod Squad. Touchdown BC, it sounds like. Uh, Touchdown Pacific being announced tomorrow by the BC Lions, the CFL, and the city of Victoria. That'll be something we'll talk about tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow, noon Eastern. McFly, hello! Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.